Is a dog responsible for Aaron Judge staying in New York? It's entirely possible. We're going to talk about it next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gatsoulias. If you're new to the show, I'm a baseball writer for the Locked On Network, and I've been hosting Locked On Yankees since 2018. It's been a really long time, and we've seen a lot of things happen in those five years. You can follow us at Locked On Yankees on Twitter, all one word, no you know, lower cases, no underscores, nothing like that. Just easy peasy, Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can follow me at Stay Scots. And I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the thumbs up button to like our videos, hit the bell so you're notified, and please comment. I like reading your comments. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Some um, house cleaning, I guess we can say. Okay. Obviously, there was not a show on Monday because, and I thought I put something up in the YouTube uh, community page, and I did not, so I apologize for that because I saw someone asking about it. I did not have access to all the lists yet, but I will by this Monday. So this Monday is going to be Minor League Monday. And yesterday we were having power issues here. Uh, New York, it was wet, it was rainy, and where I live, anything can cause the lights to flicker on and off. And I thought it was safer for me to not attempt to do this with all this stuff going on with power flickering. So a show today, Thursday, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday gonna do another Saturday show like I did last weekend I might even do a Sunday show because you know what the weekend shows are actually very relaxing and then minors Monday and we'll have a show on Tuesday to finish up the month it's almost February this is crazy now let's talk about Aaron Judge let's talk about the dogs we have to talk about it and wow my New York accent just really came out there when I said dog sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it does it depends on the word Aaron Judge was everywhere all at once this week or so it seems He was at a Ranger game. He was at a Knicks game. He was on The Tonight Show. He told stories of Anthony Rizzo sending him pictures of their dogs because apparently their dogs are best friends. Anthony Rizzo's dog, oh boy, they have wiener dogs, the two of them. These two big guys, especially Judge. Judge is huge. They have wiener dogs and they're best friends. Anthony Rizzo's dog is named Kevin, which I love because I have cats and I have the, they all have human names. And Aaron Judge's dog is named Penny. They're a boy girl best friend combo. And Anthony Rizzo was sending Judge pictures pretty much every day. Do you want to break up this friendship? You don't want to break up this friendship. You don't want to leave this. And I joked about it after Judge signed. Why would he want to go anywhere else? Honestly, like forgetting the whole Rizzo-Judge bromance that people have called Jizzo. They've made their smush name Jizzo, which I do not approve of. Forgetting that. 
And no offense to San Francisco. San Francisco is a great city, from what I've heard. I still have not been there. That's a whole long story. I was supposed to go there. 30 years ago, actually, I was supposed to go there. It was supposed to be a family trip, and it got canceled. And I've never been there since. It's a lovely city. I've seen pictures of it. I've seen plenty of movies and TV shows that are based in San Francisco. And it seems very nice. But it's not New York. And I'm going to be one of those obnoxious New York people, okay? Yes, I was raised in the suburbs, but I was born in Manhattan. I lived in Manhattan in my 20s and my 30s. And I'm working my way back. And I will be there as an old person. I love New York. New York is the best. I don't care. I don't care what people say about other cities. New York is the best. You could do whatever you want in New York at any time of day without any issues, honestly. And who wants to leave that? Why would you leave that? And the point that I made before, he goes to the Rangers game. He goes to the Knicks game. He goes on the Tonight Show. You can't do that in San Francisco. Sure, you can attend a Warriors game. Cool. Maybe travel to San Jose to see the Sharks. Okay. It's not the same as going to MSG. It's just not. <laughs> so after he signed, I said the same thing. Why would he go anywhere? Why would he go anywhere? This is the one time New Yorkers can be obnoxious about something. We can be obnoxious about New York. We have every right to be obnoxious about New York. There was no way he was, he, there was, no way he was leaving this. And I really don't think that, I don't know, I feel like Hal didn't need to add, well, maybe he did need to add that extra year. But I feel like Judge really wanted to stay. He just wanted to know that he was wanted by the Yankees. And of course he was. The Yankees aren't that dumb. Sometimes they may be, but not when it comes to Aaron Judge. No. So go to Instagram Go to the Yes Network Instagram. They put up a very funny picture. Like a fake Monument Park plaque of Kevin the dog. Because it was basically like, Kevin's the reason why Judge stayed. Judge couldn't let Penny lose her best friend. And Judge couldn't lose his best friend. Him and Rizzo, they're, they're really tight. It's kind of adorable. I love it. And, uh... Yeah, but again, it's just really funny seeing guys that big with teeny dogs. What is that? Someone explain that to me in the YouTube comments if you can. What is... What's the appeal of having a small dog when you're a big dude? You know? I don't know. I just find it really odd. No offense. You know, not every big guy needs to have like a Rottweiler or a Pitbull. It's just really funny that... <laughs> I mean, Aaron Judge is a... He's a really big guy, you know, six, seven, nearly 300 pounds, just big. And seeing him carrying around a wiener dog is just, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Kevin Rizzo. Love your name. Love your vibe. You're awesome. So in a moment, we're going to look at a game from 1998 because it came up in my Instagram feed. And I was thinking to myself, do I even remember this game? And no, I don't, because I was taking finals <laughs> in college, and I don't remember anything about this game. So we're going to look back at it when segment two begins. But first, 
The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. So this weekend, the 49ers and the Eagles are clashing in the NFC Championship game. And if you wanted to bet against the Eagles because you're a disgruntled Giants fan like I am, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Now, the 49ers are favored at plus 2.5 on the point spread, and the over-under for the game is 46.5. So you can do it all on an app that's safe and secure and easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. You can make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So, this game came up on Instagram. And, you know, the date was familiar to me because... You know, it was 1998, and you're thinking, oh, okay, had to be a good game because it was 1998 and the Yankees. It was May 13th, 1998. That was my last week in Oswego. It was my super-duper senior year of college. I spent most of the 90s in college because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And I graduated on the 16th. Yes. The 16th was Saturday. The 17th was when David Wells pitched his perfect game. So the 13th was a few days before. So there were good things waiting for the Yankees in the days to come. So on this day, Wednesday, May 13th, 1998, the day before the Seinfeld finale also, it was a 7.38 start at Yankee Stadium. Yankees were 26-7 and at this point, okay? They're playing the Rangers, who are 24 and 14. 24 and 14 is a good record, but 26 and 7 is amazing. There were only 23,142 people in the stands. And funnily enough, I just mentioned Seinfeld. Newman was in the stands, and I'll tell you why later in the game. But let's go through the lineups because you know I love doing this. Texas Rangers, Tom Goodwin, Mark McLemore, Rusty Greer, Juan Gonzalez, Will Clark, Yvonne Rodriguez, Lee Stevens, Kevin Elster, oh my God, Fernando Tatis, and Rick Helling was your starting pitcher. Yeah. Yankees, Chuck Knobloch, Derek Jeter, Paul O'Neill, Tino Martinez, Bernie Williams, Daryl Strawberry was DHing, Cat, Chad Curtis, I can speak, left field. Scott Brocious, Joe Girardi, and your starting pitcher, David Cohn. David Cohn. So, home plate ump, Tim Sheeta. First base, Don Denkinger. Rick Reed was at second. Brian Onora was at third base. I've heard of every single one of those guys. The weather was 57 degrees, and the wind was out to left field, 8 miles an hour. There was no precip, so it was a lovely, coolish night at Yankee Stadium. David Cohn started off well in the first inning. He set the Rangers down in order. 
And then the Yankees, well, Knobloch leaded, really? Knobloch led off for the Yankees on the sixth pitch he saw from Rick Helling with a double, but then Jeter hit a fly ball to deep left. Paul O'Neill hit a pop fly to third base. It was caught in foul territory. And Tino Martinez hit a pop fly to first. So they got one left on base. Then, <laughs> top of the second, David Cohn gave up back-to-back home runs to Juan Gonzalez and Will Clark. That's not annoying or anything. You know, when, it, when Cohn was on the show a couple years ago, I had asked him what it was like to be a pitcher during those days in the 90s. You know, I mentioned Seattle and I mentioned Cleveland, but there were a bunch of teams that had scary dudes. Texas was one of them, <laughs> where there were certain guys in the lineup where you thought to yourself, I don't want to put pitch to these guys. And, you know, he talked about what it was like to pitch to lineups like that because it, it wasn't easy to do. It wasn't like you could, you had to really be careful with who you pitched around because you almost couldn't pitch around people because there were too many big guys in all these lineups. So, yeah. Juan Gonzalez and Will Clark go back to back. Things don't happen for the Yankees till the bottom of the third, and a good thing happened for the Yankees. Joe Girardi and Chuck Knobloch went back to back on singles. Derek Jeter hits a home run. It's a line drive to deep left field. Puts the Yankees up 3-2. In the top of the fourth, Rangers get a run back. Tisk tisk, Coney. Just kidding. Juan Gonzalez leads off with a double. Will Clark hits a single that scores Gonzalez, so it's 3-3. In the bottom of the fifth, this is the big moment. Derek Jeter leads off with a walk. Paul O'Neill doubles to third base. I'm trying to picture this. How do you double to third base? There's no, like, throwing error here in the box score. Ground ball to deep third. Jeter makes it to third. What happened? Oh, my God. And you know you can't look at these highlights. You can't find them anywhere. Who is going to have May 13th, 1998 anywhere? Yes, they have Wells' perfect game. And I think they may have the footage from the imperfect game two days after that when the Yankees and the Orioles brawled. But they don't have this game. (laughs) I need to know how you double to third base. Someone leave it in the comments and try and figure this out. Tino Martinez is intentionally walked to load the bases. And Rick Helling, sir, first pitch to Bernie Williams, grand slam. (laughs) Yankees go up 7-3. Wayne Knight is at the Yankee game, wearing a Yankee hat, wearing a Yankee bomber, cheering for them, holding food. And um, I think he said to the person next to him after Bernie hit the home run that he called it. So, yeah, I think it's kind of cool that Newman was at Yankee Stadium the night before the Seinfeld finale. That's pretty cool. Top of the seventh, the Rangers get three runs back. Now, it starts off against Cohn. Yvonne Rodriguez, or Pudge, let's call him Pudge, leads off with a home run on the first pitch that he sees from Cohn. Solo shot. Yankees are still up 7-4. It's fine. But (laughs) Jeff Nelson comes in to replace David Cohn. He walks Kevin Elster. Then he gives up. A uh, double to Luis Alcia. Mike Stanton comes in to replace Jeff Nelson. Now he strikes out Mike Sims, who came in to pinch hit for Tom Goodwin. Strikes him out looking. But then Mac, <laughs> Mark McLemore hits a single that scores Elster and Alcia. 
makes it 7-6. So it gets a little sweaty for the Yankees. But bottom of the eighth, Scott Brocious walks, Joe Girardi hits a single, and then Chuck Knobloch hits an RBI single that scores Brocious, puts the Yankees up 8-6. That's how they won. Okay, what is going on here? I'm looking at the top of the ninth with the Rangers batting against Mo. Elster strikes out swinging. Alcia hits a double to first. What? What is happening? Mike Sims strikes out swinging. Mark McLemore hits a single. And then Rusty Greer grounds out to end the game. The Yankees win 8-6. Explain to me how doubles are hit to bases. I don't... I've been watching baseball for how long? I don't understand how that's possible. Someone please leave a comment in the YouTube comments because I really... I don't understand. I don't understand. How is that happening? Anyway, so the Yankees win 8-6. I have no recollection of this game because I didn't watch it. I know I didn't because I was too busy with stuff in school, getting ready to graduate, and nothing about this game looked familiar to me. The next game looks very familiar to me because I was there. I was there. So in a moment, we're going back to opening day, 2006. But first... Okay, so Tuesday, April 11th, 2006, start time 109 local. Yankees against the Kansas City Royals, 54,698. I was one of them sitting in my seats in box 623, row C, seat 8 was my seat. I miss her. (laughs) I do. I miss that seat so much. I saw so many good games from those seats. Ugh. Yeah, it's depressing to think about. It's depressing to think about how long ago that was now. That's almost 17 years. That's crazy. So, lineups. Let's go through Kansas City. Shane Costa, Mark Grutzelanek, Mike Sweeney, Reggie Sanders, Doug Mankiewicz, Emil Brown, Mark Tian, I almost said Angel Baroa. Angel Baroa. I know Angel Baroa. I saw him play against the New York Boulders a few years back, which was really strange. John Buck. And your starting pitcher was Joe Mays. I remember most of those guys. For the Yankees, Johnny Damon, Derek Jeter, Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez, Jason Giambi, Hideki Matsui, Jorge Posada, Robinson Cano, Bernie Williams. Oh, and the starting pitcher was Wong. Chin Ming Wong. Every time I think of Houston basically derailing his career because he had to run the bases. Ugh. All right, home plate ump. Dan Iasonia, first base, Paul Emmel, Dale Scott was at second, Terry Kraft was at third. Again, all familiar umpire names. We all know them well. Start time weather, 66. The wind was five out to left field. As I said, the starting time was 109. And I remember very clearly that year, eight hours that day, but went to the game. So I worked four hours, eight to 12, took the train, the D train from Rockefeller Center up to Yankee Stadium, and then came back after the game ended and worked from about 4.30 till 8.30 to get my eight hours in because they would not let me have a full day off, even though the previous seven opening days I had taken off. Yeah, I was not happy. I was not happy. I said to them, I'm not missing opening day. So this is what I'm going to do. They're like, you can do that. That's fine. As long as you get your eight hours in. So I did. Anyway. Wong sets down the 
Wong sets down the Royals 1-2-3 in the top of the first. The Yankees get the scoring done. That's right. It's Giambi. I love Giambi. Giambi was my favorite player when he played with the Yankees. Johnny Damon led off with a double. Jeter and Sheffield grounded out. Alex Rodriguez walked. Giambi hit a home run. That's right. Three-run home run. I'm picturing it right now because it was to right center field. Yep. Okay. Hideki Matsui grounds out. So they're up 3 nothing. Royals strike back in the top of the second, but only one run. Mark Tian hits a double. It scores Doug Mankiewicz. No big deal. That's fine. Bottom of the third. The Yankees score another run. Johnny Damon walks. Jeter hits a fly ball to right. Gary Sheffield grounds out to the catcher. I guess. Oh, yes. And then he threw it right. It, he like hit it right in front of the plate. It was like a dribbler. And uh, Damon made it to second. A-Rod walks, Giambi walks, Hideki Matsui walks. So Joe Mays walks in a run. It's 4-1 Yankees. Mike Wood comes in to replace Joe Mays, and he gets Jorge Posada to ground out. Now, the Royals tied the game in the next inning, which was very annoying to watch in person. Mike Sweeney grounded out. Then Reggie Sanders hits a home run. Mankiewicz grounds out. So there's two outs. There's two outs right there for Wong. But no, Emil Brown hits a double. He throws a wild pitch while Mark Tian is at the plate. Brown makes it to third. Then he ends up walking Tian. Angel Barroa hits a single that scores Brown. John Buck hits a single that scores Tian. Tihen, Tihen. And Shane Costa lines out. So it's 4-4 at that point. Now it's quiet until the Royals take the lead in the top of the sixth off Wong. He was still in the game at this point. Tory did not take him out until the seventh inning. They got their run on a ground ball double play. Mankiewicz walked, Neil Brown singled, Tian singled, and then Angel Barroa grounded into a double play and Mankiewicz scored. In the top of the seventh, Tanyan Sturtz comes in to replace Wong, gives up a first pitch home run to Shane Costa. I remember this. Because my dad, my dad did not have a very good reaction to it. My dad went with me. To the game. He was not very happy. He was not happy. Mark Rutzelenik hits a ground rule double. Mike Sweeney strikes out swinging. Reggie Sanders hits a single. Rutzelenik scores. Mike Myers comes in to replace Tanyan Sturtz. Remember those days when Mike Myers was on the Yankees? Sanders is caught stealing while Doug Mankiewicz is up and then... Myers strikes him out. So the Royals are up 7-4 at this point, okay? Think about that. Yankees don't score in the bottom of the seventh. Royals don't score in the top of the eighth. Scott Proctor pitched that inning, and he worked around a walk. Now, oh, I remember him too. Andy Sisko replaces Elmer Desens. 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 How'd you say his name? I remember his name. I'm looking at it, but I don't remember how to say it. Jason Giambi walks. Hideki Matsui hits a single. Jorge Posada walks. Yes, bases are loaded. Okay. Robinson Cano grounds out to third. They get the force out at second. Giambi scores. Matsui makes it to third. Bernie Williams hits a single that scores Matsui. Cano makes it to second. Andy Sisko is taken out, and I don't remember this guy's name. Ambiorix Burgos replaces Andy Sisko. Now, if you don't know who Amber Ambiorix Burgos is, don't worry about it. He only played from 2005 to 2007. So 
He comes in, he gets Damon to strike out swinging, and then Derek Jeter hits a three-run home run to put the Yankees up 9-7. Yay, Derek Jeter. And then Sheffield strikes out swinging to end the bottom of the eighth. But the Yankees pull ahead. They were down 7-4 heading into that inning. They score five runs. It's 9-7. Moe comes in, gets Shane Costa to ground out. Grutzelenic hits a single. He hits Mike Sweeney with a pitch. Esteban German, I think that's how you said his name, pinch ran for Sweeney. Reggie Sanders strikes out swinging. Doug Mankiewicz lines out to Moe to end the game. The Yankees win 9-7. Oh, when Tanyan Sturtz gave up that home run, Gus was not happy. He really was not happy. And I miss my dad so much sometimes. Well, I miss him all the time, but there are some times where I really, really miss him. And uh, just thinking about how pissy he was that day is making me a little misty-eyed just because, uh, yeah, you know, he's the reason why I do everything I do. So when I talk about games that I went to with him, I get, you know, weepy in a way because, yeah, he brought me to my first two games 40 years ago this summer, which I will be talking about on the show. So you're you're warned. So to recap, Kevin Rizzo is a hero. Kevin Rizzo, the dog, the wiener dog. They should really give him um, like a superhero cape because he's a big reason why Aaron Judge stayed in New York. I'm just kidding. We know that's not the full reason why he wasn't going anywhere, but it's a fun story to joke about, right? It's just fun to think that a little hot dog named Kevin was the reason why Aaron Judge stayed in New York. I'm so sorry. It's just funny to me. It's got it's funny to everyone, right? Like it's it's just ridiculous. And in 1998, the Yankees won a game against Texas that I have no recollection of because it happened during my finals week, my final finals week because it was when I was graduating college. Newman from Seinfeld was there. It was the night before the Seinfeld finale and uh Bernie Williams hit a big home run, and then Derek Jeter saves opening day 2006, and thankfully he did, because if he hadn't, my dad would have just been talking about that Tanyan Sturt's first pitch home run to Shane Costa. (laughs) Of all people, what? (laughs) No, Gus would have been talking about that for years. So, as I said, we're going to have shows just, you know... Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. It's going to be a fun time. Monday will be the Miners show. And I apologize again for the fact that it didn't go up this week, but I will have access to all the lists for this Monday. And we're going to talk about all the prospects and it'll be fun. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to the show on every podcasting platform available. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button. If you're not watching, I'm putting my thumbs up. Um, Comment on YouTube and click the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. And just thank you for making Lockdown Yankees your first listen every day. We really appreciate it. It's just really great that I have you guys to listen to me yap. It's just fun. Uh, You can make your second listen. Locked on MLB prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So enjoy your Thursday and I will talk to you all tomorrow.